May I have your attention, please? They're coming to get you, Barbara. I, I don't know what for. something even more terrible than you. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and Trevor. Trevor, yes. Trevor's here. I, dude, the amount of times <laughs> you've been mentioned on the show, yeah. like especially like a couple years back, where it's like, you know, I'm working on my friend Trevor's film. You know, we're editing it. Blah, 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 blah. Well, this is the Trevor yeah, yeah, that you've heard about so long that's right. directed a movie sold said movie <laughs> sort of yeah yeah you know on to the on to the next one hold the applause guys that <laughs> no 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 let it rip let it rip hold it down guys let it rip um this week we are talking about uh a movie that i finally got to check off my nick's mega must see. what do i have oh i gotta get this out right nick's mega movie must see list yeah um everyone knows i like lists a little while back i think last summer i did next summer movie marathon Ooh. where i like i had the house to myself for a week so then i just went through and watched like there will be blood predator um a whole bunch of other <laughs> a whole bunch of other movies and then i decided and those aren't rewatches those are like those were first first watches first so. boom yeah. and that's what this is yes how did we get to video drum well i was sitting around and i was like what are some movies i haven't seen and and one day i got a hair up my ass i was like i've never seen school rock like I've never, School I've Rock never, is the first one on your list. It's yeah, it's yeah. weirdly it's yeah. trust me I know yeah. that's weird and <laughs> the majority of this list is not horror. I mean there yeah. are some horror movies on there, but it started with School Rock. Here let me just go. go I won't read the whole list because it's it's, it's, it's a it's a pretty hefty list. But I'll just I'll just I'll just skip it down. I want to see what you what you think of this list. So we're starting with School Rock. Okay. We know how we feel about that. Um, we were just talking about Andor. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Andor, and yeah. I, I've never seen Michael Clayton. Oh yeah. Uh, so good. A, a horror, a horror pick. Uh, Rosemary's Baby. Oof, yeah, haven't seen that one. I have, I have not seen that one. Next on that was Videodrome, which I got to. It's so funny. It's the one check mark in the whole. Nice. The whole thing. There's, <laughs> there's actually another one on there. Uh, 2001. Okay. Uh, and then I have some, some, some. Definitely not horror. I've never seen Julia and Julia. Okay. Uh, in the mood for love. That's a great one. I've heard so many things for Wong, Wong Kar Wai is. You've never seen any Wong Kar Wai? No. What else? What else has? Uh, probably Chunking Express is his big one. I've seen none of those. Okay. So I'm gonna start. He's, with... he's made a ton of movies and they're all gorgeous. I've always heard that's one of like, I don't want to say like a perfect movie, but it's very a highly regarded. I think film. on Sight and Sound that list that they, they, they they just put out. I think it's the top ten. Is it really? It's in the top ten. A lot of lists. The way I started this list, I was like, what are like the 100 must see movies? I was speaking of. Tied for like the last one is Videodrome. Is it really? Like 10 other movies. Oh, yeah. At the end. It's on there. It's on there. Sick. (laughs) And that's what the list is all about. Being able to look at those lists and and just say, you know, I've seen those. I also was inspired to create the list because we've been frequently, uh, or not, we've been going to the new Beverly Cinema a lot more because Mm -hmm. their programming has been pretty Mm -hmm. lit. Yeah, Yeah. So like in December, we saw back to back. We went in, watched The Godfather. Went back to the car, hung out for like 20 minutes. <clears throat> they went in and watched a midnight screening of The Shining. Ooh. And like The Shining, I, I almost want to do an episode with Jenny. Jenny saw, Jenny's like my new Bev buddy. Alex will tag along every now and then if yeah, I yeah. really force her to like, come on. Uh, they're sick of double features. I have to be very yeah. careful yeah. not yes. to do it. I had them do two double features in, in last month or this month. Um, but The Shining in a theater on film uh, at midnight was a lot different 
there sure. there was there were scenes that scared me in the theater that didn't scare me watching it at home and i thought that was i think that's a real fascinating thing to like explore yeah like the scariest thing in the theater was a close-up of danny like making that shocked face when like everything started to look great yeah, for some yeah. reason that shot yeah. just sent chills flying and i was like wow that's like and yeah. you watch it i think when i watched it for the first time it was over there on my computer yeah. but like that's not what i watched no david no. lynch would be very angry at you oh he would hey but i wasn't <laughs> but but i wasn't on my phone no that's i good. gave that's it good. my full attention uh okay so then you got in the mood for love then there's some uh westerns the good the bad, and the good the bad the ugly mm-hmm. um chinatown lawrence of arabia uh, you're gonna kill me for this one, but we already talked about this. I've not seen Die Hard. <laughs> that's it's so, so that's, wrong. That's crazy, right? Man. I gotta get that. I gotta that's get right. that out. Uh, Raging Bull, Velma and Louise, yeah. um, movies like Cool Hand Luke, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry to bother you, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, two Carpenters back to back. That's yeah. That's Escape that's from shocking. New York and Assault on Precinct Thirteen. That's a shock. Shocker. Um. Uh, let's see here. I uh, I just checked off Hush last night, Mike Flanagan's Hush, and I really enjoyed that one quite That's a, a good bit. One. Yeah, yeah. Suspense throughout the movie is 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 great. Yeah. Um, a lot of cool like editing and audio cues that they use to help like put you in the shoes of the of the the. I don't know. Is it the final girl? The only girl? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you would call it. I feel like that. that's the that's the one that like King, Stephen King saw and was like, yeah, he's my guy. Oh, was it? I, I thought I thought like somewhere Hush is the like the gateway. Oh, I could see that I, happening. I could be wrong. I still haven't seen like. Uh, I'm wrong about that. I know he did like another King. Yeah, he uh, did uh, Gerald's game. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see that one, but I loved Doctor Sleep. That's a good one. He's he's fantastic. Um, in the heat of the night, I think that's a really interesting one. one. Uh, Peeping Tom. I haven't I haven't seen that one either. So that would be a fun one to watch. I feel like one of these theaters around here are going to show Peeping yes. Tom. Most uh, of these older ones, yeah, you'll see them eventually pop up. Uh, the one that I am waiting to see on film and most of these if i could see them on film in a theater that's going to be like yes. the, the the preferred way to do it uh never seen bride of frankenstein okay yeah i've listened to the score though from from waxman or waxman i don't know how you pronounce it um love the score yeah. um it's, it's it's a really good one i want to see that on the big screen too I dude that. i was so mad what the los Feliz three theater had um yesterday at one o'clock, they did the Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D. Oh my god! And dude, Alex, and, uh, so like I have the place to myself for for a while, <laughs> and I was like, I'm just gonna go there, and of course it was sold out. Yeah, yeah. Of course it was sold out. They have some interesting um, uh, movies at their screen. Like mm-hmm. I think we're, I'm gonna go see the Fast and the Furious, first one. Yeah, because I haven't seen that since it came out. So I want to just you know kind of go and relive that. Just the first one? I think I'd be a marathon. No, just the first one. There's the Americana at Brand Memes account is hosting it, uh, okay. and they're a really good account. Uh, the other movie I checked off the list uh, Friday was Amelie. Oh, did you watch Amelie? Yeah, we were gonna see it at the new Beth, but then uh, I don't know if you guys saw the news, but we got like just a crazy amount of rain, and like our phones were going off with like flash flood warnings, and it flooded a bit here. It flooded a bit here. It snowed. In some it spots. died. There was snow capped mountains, yeah. like from my view. I was like, I've never seen snow on that. Yeah, it was insane. I swear uh, it was flurrying the other day, it's, like in Burbank. It, that blows my mind. That blows my mind. Alex and uh, Jenny were heading up to San Francisco, and they sent me video of all like the snow on the mountains and it was the craziest oh thing um okay let me let me finish with this i don't want to take too long as well punch truck love uh, uh i've never seen office space as a entirety uh boys in the hood that's good uh death becomes her an old classic and a fair to remember i would like to see that one i haven't seen that one either uh paris texas 
falling down we were talking a lot about michael douglas before we started recording i think falling down is, has not aged well but that'd be but i still got it. it's a la also the beginning of it is basically eight and a half is it really yeah, yeah. I, i'm going to mention eight and a half it, it rips off like the, the beginning of falling down is basically fine like, is it really yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna actually bring up eight and a half in our video drum uh conversation this is gonna be great um uh i love to be the guy who always brings up eight and a half during the roasting up to like the weirdest movies dude somehow it works man that's the crazy i works. could i could see how i i mean i'm very fresh off of our eight and a half watch it was my first time seeing it maybe like two weeks ago yeah something like that, that. <laughs> but like i could see the influence in a lot of yeah. a lot of stuff uh single white female ah that's great next to pacific heights so there we got some now we're getting back into some danger uh akira okay uh, and then I added 2012's Dread and Possession. Now, there's a lot on this list. Like, I'm looking at Misery, The Rocketeer, Attack of the Block, West Side Story, Deer Hunter, Raising Arizona. Like, there's a... I may or may not have created that list on my letterbox. It's a, it's private right now. Did you really? But I did. I, I, I got... Well, I was supposed to be working. I was like, I, I need to make this list on letterbox. So, this this list or... Yeah, yeah. I made, oh, sick. I made that list and I added some stuff here and there to, like, kind of... And I, kind of I tried to put them together as, like filmmakers and kind of like like you have like a bunch of the once upon a time so everything oh was, sweet i put them in a row and then kind of like built off of that can you if you make that a list is there because i'm i just signed up for I, I can box. make it public that would be fun and so. then i think my name on letterbox is hollow weekly i think hollow it's weekly, like yeah. two where i think it's one now it's one now okay yeah. okay i think i i think i changed it but if you're on letterbox join me on there and join and follow trevor mm-hmm. um i would like to explore it more i'm still very new to yeah. that but i think the i i've been seeing a lot of people on tiktok talking about letterbox and using it as like a place for like they like to talk and look about movies and stuff so it looks like a good time it's been around for a while and but it it it's, it's such a weird place because like people go there and just like like talk shit as well right about movies like how is that like i don't know why you go on letterbox to be like yo man this movie's fucked up i hate it and put the the poop emoji or something. It's like, oh, why do you go on Letterbox to talk shit about like anywhere so people have a voice? Yeah, it's like the they're worst. gonna do that. We ran into that in fate with Facebook all the time, yeah. and uh, it's just it's a it's it's a nightmare. But but it's it's fun to just keep track of like your movies and and that was the other thing because I I had to ask you know a friend of the show Garen the other day i was like what movies did we see at new bev and i'm not even kidding garen within like five seconds gave me like the full list i was like oh shit okay okay maybe i should use letterboxes then i have like i can i can reference it yeah, and, yeah. and you know it's just a place to sort of like you know think about the movies that we saw and yeah. you know just i don't know it, it feels like it feels like it really rounds out the the film going experience and there's like filmmakers on there too like roger avey's on there oh really and like so he's like he's in, and like his daughter's on there too Oh, that's cool. So, like, then you get there, and then Joe Lynch, who made like Mayhem and Wrong Turn Two, and oh, the Mayhem one's hilarious because I, I watched Mayhem, and then my review was like a one review, and I was like, nope, and like he liked it. No, because <laughs> <laughs> because then somebody commented, he's like, he's like, how do you feel? are you gonna change that? How do you feel that like the the filmmaker himself like liked your comment? I was like, it's still, I was like, it still stands. Sorry, nope. <laughs> That's just the hey, that's the breaks, man. Sorry, man. I don't. I didn't like that. Listen, movie. listen. Everyone gets a bad review. I, I appreciate you, but no. I my favorite my favorite thing is when we premiered uh, eating cars, and that old guy walked out and went, it "Sucked." <laughs> like, like, there we go, dude. That's that's it's it's official. No, well, well, he was, he was walking out, and you're like, 
I think we were both there. One of us was like, so how'd you like it? Did you like it? How was it? He's like, sucks. And just kept walking. Up. <laughs> Don't tell him. Don't. But we was like, well, he, bought, he stayed for the entire movie. So he gave us the money. That's all. That's, that's all we matters. ask. Um, anyway. <laughs> so with big lists of checking off movies, mm-hmm. Videodrome, David Cronenberg, 1983. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I waited this long to see it. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to Cronenberg, how familiar are with, with, with his other movie scanners, the fly, I'm pretty familiar. I still uh, Dead Ringers. I still haven't been able to catch up with for some reason. It's everywhere, but like that one's the one. It has a remake, does it? Yeah, that's right. Was it like a TV show? Wasn't it? No, movie, movie. Was it? But I think I think news just came out that they're doing something else with it. And there's one actress playing twins. Yeah, yeah. It's a famous. Oh actress, yeah, yeah. They they, they kind of swapped it with. Yeah, the name guys. escapes me of who's playing it. But yeah, there's even that. Yeah, yeah. Coming from it, but the old ones like Kiefer Sutherland and some other people, right? I believe. In Cronenberg's? Yeah. No, no, it was, that's Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons, that's the one. That's the twins. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Never seen that one. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's like patchy. It's probably like 50, 60% of his movies I've seen. Okay. And you had, but before this, you had seen Videodrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the first viewing? No. That's probably <laughs> on VHS. Oh, so it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. It had to be VHS. That'd be, that would probably be like a really cool way to watch it, given the subject. <laughs> I guess. Given the subject matter. Yeah. Um, um, what else? Yeah. And it was funny because he did that with the Dead Zone. It's like he did the same year. That's a crazy back to back to have. Yeah. As a film, I think they viewed him first. They did the Dead Zone. What a what a so, double hitter, dude! Like what you doing video jumps? Like you should probably go do the studio movie now. The studio Stephen King movie. Like that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> they just let me let me just pack away this you know stomach vagina and then I'll be there. <laughs> to do this movie <laughs> so yeah. the one thing with videodrome off the off the top is if you haven't seen it like 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 i hadn't up until you know a couple of days ago yeah the one thing that you first start to get familiar with when you hear the name is um you know the stomach vagina the stomach yeah, yeah. thing whatever yeah. it is it's you know kind of as big <laughs> as what it could be but not really um the 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 tv you know bulging and having veins and then the uh, the 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 gun meshing and like melting or becoming one with with the hand like the technology yeah, yeah. the flash kind of kind of becoming one. I did not know hmm. that that was Rick Baker. Ah, uh, yeah, Rick Baker. When we started loading it up and the, the credits started playing, and I, I saw that, I was like, "There's no way that I did there." How like how did that? How did I not know that Rick Baker? Uh, I think I've forgotten too because it's like Canadian. I don't know. Is Rick Baker Canadian? I don't think he is. I don't know. I think he was working on like American Werewolf at the time too. Or like he, just came off of it or something. So yeah. The like, first thing I think of when I think of Rick Baker is American Werewolf. And then like probably like Men in Black. Yeah. yeah I go yeah. to that stuff. I had no idea <laughs> that it was this, because those visuals are so iconic yeah. that you would think that, you know, for, you know, a horror fan like, you know, ourselves, like we would just be able to place that name there but for some reason it just didn't yeah they so don't talk like a, about that one yeah they, they don't no. and it was such like i mean i'm in a bunch of like horror you know facebook groups and, and follow a bunch of twitter accounts but i've never once seen someone's like hey here's the cool you know special effects by rick baker for video drum never got to see it so it was like a pleasant surprise yeah, yeah. it was like when i got frankie valley tickets i thought it was a tribute concert but it was him <laughs> i was like he's alive what <laughs> I was like, sick yeah that's what it was like a video drum. i was like rick a rick baker like you know worked on project with a special effects sick all right cool i could i could dig this <laughs> i could dig this um the movie itself i thought was fantastic um there was a lot of uh stuff like when the movie ended 
uh, I mentioned there's a lot of like just basic stuff that I think Cronenberg does really well. And I know this is a very unfair comparison, but I'm going to do it. You and I were just talking about, we were just watching the Valentine's Day special of The Last Drive-In. Yes. And they, the, <laughs> first, the first movie was uh, Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. Yes. And I, I'm sorry to do this, but like it's just those are the last two movies I watched. <laughs> yes. And it, it, you, you could feel you know, a, big, a big crack down the middle of what makes a good movie. The, just the fundamentals of Videodrome of Cronenberg shooting just a conversation of just characters just exchanging dialogue. Yeah. Is interesting throughout the whole movie. Yeah. It, it doesn't drag. The way that he just shoots these these characters somehow kept me interested. Yeah, yeah. And I and I hate to compare it to the Revenge of the Mole, Eric's Revenge, because it's like sorry, like once Cronenberg, once these other guys. Um, I just I just couldn't believe how well paced and how they just captured the you know the attention throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I think it's the writing too, the writing and the specificity. Cronenberg. Well, because when you think of Phantom of the Mall again. When you think about it, it seems like they're just making up as they go. It looks like yeah. it looks like they're making up as they go <laughs> feels, as well. Yeah, <laughs> like they're not, even, they're not even trying. It looks like, but who knows? But I mean, I think if Polly Shore was saying those lines, I don't know, it might be different. I'm trying to imagine. I'm trying to imagine that Polly Shore given some of the lines. Polly Shore as the James Woods character. <laughs> he could have been the Patron guy. He could have been his buddy. Yeah, he could have. He could have been. He could have been. He could have been him. Wouldn't it? Would, wouldn't? Wouldn't? Uh, wouldn't hit the same. No, no, but like, even the way Cronenberg like establishes location, yeah, like just like there was, there's, there's, and this is, I mean, this sounds stupid, but like there's one shot of uh, the satellite when they're trying to pirate the Videodrome signal, mm. and the way just like the camera slightly moves up to it, and then the big satellite starts moving. Yeah. Visually, it's just completely interesting. Yeah. And we were talking about the cinematographer, uh, Mark Irwin. Yeah, yeah, he was he he was the scream guy, right? Yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. Most of the screen. Yeah, he was mostly the screen guy. The screen guy. Yeah. What a what an eye. Yeah. He shot like a ton of stuff that you like iconic stuff. I I can't think of it right now. I looked him up the other day. What did he look? What has he done? He did. He did all of like Cronenberg stuff up until like the Fly. After the Fly, he like switches. Just like and then he shot all a bunch of. He shot a bunch of Wes Craven stuff before Wes Craven. He was just put in work. Came to the curb, and he did. He started doing a bunch of Fairly Brothers stuff as well. So he was just bouncing from, from yeah. goat to goat. After, after Scream, I was like, his IMDb just goes down. <laughs> that's that's like, right. sadly, it just goes to like Puppy Paws Two and oh, Santa no. Paws Three and stuff like that. No, he's like, oh man. But like, I mean, just the, his shot selection, like the 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 shot where um, Max. Is looking into the camera right before the big scene where he puts the gun into his stomach. Just, the, just like that medium shot, mm. him sitting there, look like staring at the TV. There's something like hypnotizing. Yeah, yeah. About it, and I can't really explain it. Like it just sucks you in. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's nothing like flashy. No, it's not a flashy movie. It feels like it feels just like basic fundamentals executed well. Yeah, uh, there's no other way to. That's usually Cronenberg's like style. When you get to later stuff, it's just like this really like kind of like almost like Kubrick style. Just like he places the camera and it's all like angles and stuff. But it's like it's just like one shot. And he cuts. And he doesn't move the camera a lot. No, no. And it it just I think because he does that, you, you're able to like follow the conversation a lot mm-hmm. easier than other movies. Yeah, yeah. It's just a really interesting experience. Because everybody else is like 
interested in moving the camera constantly. Yeah. A lot of people don't do it well. Some people do. There's like maybe three people who do it well. Yeah. Yeah. And like there, there are, there are shots where he moves the camera, but it, it, it feels very selective. And it's usually like a shot of Max's apartment, mm-hmm. you know, panning across. So like you can, as an audience, like start to pick up on like some of the visual cues of like what you think's going on or, yeah. or, or to set you up for something and then to pull the rug out from under you. Yeah. It's always just like following people usually like, just like establishing stuff. The, the cast in this movie is a pretty, <laughs> I mean, it, it's a, it gets a little hairy. Just, it's a little dicey, but yeah. Just from, from the, the starring role of James, James Woods. Yeah. Uh, Man, this he suck in real life, but is he a great actor? He's so good for like so many years. Yeah, like so he good. absolutely crushes. Yes, in this movie. But it, he, so there's something slimy about him, and then him play, playing a slimy TV executive or t- TV programmer. Yeah, yeah, it just it's just like the glove fits. <laughs> yes, it does. You know, shockingly, too, too he well. plays a lot of shitty people in movies, and shockingly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what else was he good as? Hades. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. It's no coincidence, man. So yeah. like when he leads into it, like it's very good. Yeah. I don't think he's got many parts where he's like the good guy. No, when you look like that, it's and, and you have that voice. He has a, the just the tone of his voice. There's no one else like it. Yeah. Which was unfortunate. Um Debbie Harry is Nikki. Yeah. She's great. Blondie, yeah. The only other movie I've seen her I mean, I don't know how extensive her acting career was, but was the um the one horror anthology oh yeah 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 tales from the dark tales side. from the dark side yeah where she's like has the kid captured and she's, she's cooking him. yeah she's getting ready to cook him, which which again she was fantastic in that yeah this one she was great she was almost she almost had a like a like a fraser type role she was like an on-air personality trying <laughs> yes. to help people that's right you know through, through their lives um the one actor i want to i want to call it that's uh uh i'm gonna botch his last name peter just something ski sorry i'm not i'm, I'm not even gonna try to attempt it. he played harlan the co the co-worker the guy was helping him helping yeah. max uh yeah having Patron a guy. pirate um the the video drum mm-hmm. the one actor i want to talk about this and i don't know I, I gotta see how you felt about it um leslie carlson he played barry he is the guy who's sort of very convicts yes because I, I the name stood out that's so. a i was like it's, it seems like a nefarious name I'm yeah pretty that's sure, a- <laughs> i'm pretty sure he's a bad dude <laughs> he he, so he he runs he he wants to to the driving force of using video drum as as a bad for, a bad force of nature. Yes. What Gover- governmental or to overthrow the government? It was, it was just it, bad. It was something to unleash something because apparently, yeah. uh, the the whole idea of actually you know what before I mean I know we're already in too deep but for for those who are like Nick that sounds great but what the fuck is this movie about? Let me just read you this. <laughs> yes, this synopsis. I know I should put this in the beginning but you know that's right. I don't give a shit. Most uh, people have seen it. That's what I assume. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm in the minority with but, this, and I think I don't know if I am. Like, I mean, it's it's what I've been. I'm older, a little older, so I'm always shocked that people haven't seen movies. But I've been watching movies longer than most people, so I'm always like, you haven't seen. It? I was like, oh, that's right, you're. It takes a while to get yeah, around yeah. to. So the the I liked the Google uh, synopsis. As the president of a trashy TV channel, Max Ren, James Wood, is desperate for new programming to attract viewers. When he happens uh, to watch Videodrome, a TV show dedicated to the gratuitous torture and punishment, Max sees a potential hit and broadcasts the show on his channel. However, after his girlfriend, Deborah Harry, auditions for the show and never returns, Max investigates the truth behind Videodrome and discovers the graphic violence 
that may or may not be as fake as he thought. Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole conspiracy behind it too. So they, there, yes. are, there are layers. There's and what's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I feel bad for Revenge of the Mall, <laughs> Eric's Revenge, yes, Phantom yes. of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, because boy, did you, did we, did I pair one movie with a buffet of substance? Next, <laughs> next to that empty, you know, crab shell of a film. What, weren't they the same year? I forget what. Probably. I have to look. I, it had to be early '80s. Like malls, malls absolutely um, blown up. But the the uh, but the character of Barry, there is something very strange with his eyes. They that his eyes, I feel like, do not show any emotion throughout the whole movie maybe there's one time where like he maybe raises an eyebrow but there's something hypnotic about his eyes where he's like trying to suck you in yeah you don't trust him but you wanna <laughs> you know he, what i mean he looks like somebody that if he was i don't i'm, I'm assuming i think he's i don't think he like he's he's passed on but he it seems like a guy that paul thomas anderson would use later on yeah as like as, as like just like a character guy because he just seems like one of those dudes you wouldn't see nowadays like being the heavy. No, but no. But just like a guy in a suit, you would, you would, like he's like balding. He's just like a forties, like fifties. Yeah, a little older, a little pudgy, you know. What yeah, I mean? just like looks like a guy who runs the glass store, like he does. Yeah, you would, you would spectacular wouldn't... opticals, which is a great, just <laughs> a great, great name. Everything, everything around the movie, like those little details, like the the channel you take to bed. Yeah, the channel you take. To bed. Yeah, like like even those those little touches. Add so much flavor throughout the movie, but like there, there's a scene where he talks to to Max, kind of like just reassuring him, and like trying to make it look like he's not as you know not not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And man, I wanted to I wanted to believe it. Yeah, I wanted to believe it. I was like, this guy's a good <laughs> villain, man. He's he's a great villain. And then having having uh, Harlan in on it too, another twist that I I didn't see. How how if you can out creep. Out, creep out uh, James Woods or out, you know. That's a, yeah. That's, a, that's something. That's a that's a tall one. That's a skill. Um, one thing that the movie does, I want to bring in, um, there, 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 there's two things. One one aspect of the movie, I'll start with this one because I don't think I have a lot to say about this one, but <laughs> I have, uh, it gave me, it gave me some of the same vibes and feelings I had when I watched Chud mm. and They Live. Yeah. Because it, it has that... that... I, get the, I get the They Live one a lot this time, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the idea of like one guy discovering something and getting yeah. in too deep. Yeah. Almost using sunglasses or some sort of like eyewear. Yeah. <laughs> as to, to do it as well. Yeah, and there's something about like a character spiraling yeah. downhill that is a really fun yeah. adventure to go <laughs> to, to go on. Um. But what makes it interesting to wrap it into my next point, uh, we just watched, uh, and it was my first viewing, uh, eight and a half. <laughs> Who's the director of that? Federico Fellini. 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 Um, which th- these were two movies that were kind of interesting to watch because I watched those back to back, and then I watched mm. this, and then I watched *Fair of the Mall*, *Harris Revenge*, which which came out in '89. Oh, it did. So it's even later. It should be better, and it's not. Oh, they have. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like five years in between. Video Dream came out first. And he was like, "Fame on the wall." He couldn't do anything else. No, like there he was. Couldn't do anything. No, yet? the stunt. <laughs> I, I will say. I will say. I think there were better stunts in Eric Mall, uh, uh, the Fan of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. Uh, you know, explosions and people like falling off. But maybe that's where all of their 
creativity went. Polly Shore dishing out yogurt. It's Polly <laughs> Shore is great. That was his first uh, role. Yeah, yeah. He's that. not bad in it. I mean, he's not. On the show, Joe Bob talks about how everyone has a lot of hatred for him, which I think is a generational thing because I know people who grew up with a Goofy movie love him because of the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. Oh, I don't know Goofy movie, but I know Son-in-Law. I've never seen that one. Which is, mwah. Carla Gugino. No, I've never seen that one. Yeah. I've seen Encino Man. She she comes from like a farm background. She goes off to college. When she comes back from college, she's all changed. And she brings uh, Pauly Shore with her for Thanksgiving. Oh. And, you know, he brings this whole like weasel thing to like the farm (laughs) Oh, that sounds great. That's fantastic. That sounds, that sounds <laughs> great. Um, the one thing that this, this movie did to, to tie it into eight and a half was the slipping in and out of reality. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was what was hard about eight and a half. Like, yeah. you know, you're you're watching one thing and then something really absurd or crazy happens. Mm-hmm. But it's almost without notice or without yeah. any sort of giveaway that you're going there. So you're just kind of thrown into this like crazy mm-hmm. thing like at eight and a half. He's getting. He's at that press conference asking him about his next movie, and then he goes under the table and blows <laughs> himself in the in the head. Yeah. Um, Videodrome does. I mean, there's a lot of movies in Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, but I think it's a really cool tactic mm-hmm. that Cronenberg uh, used for for Videodrome because of how crazy it gets. Like, you know, in eight and a half, things do go a little crazy and, and go a little weird. But for Cronenberg, he's like, "What if I just cranked it up and gave it cancer?" Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. And and and. I, I, I thought how often they go into that like that crazy I mean, I don't know. I mean what I mean, what do you call that? Like when you slip into whatever he slips into to start hallucin up uh, hallucinations. Yeah, basically hallucinations. Um you just never know what you're gonna expect. Yeah. And even having seen, you know, this you know, the scene where he's kissing the T V and his hand goes into his stomach, you're still not ready for it when it happens. Yeah. Well it's like when he kills the guy at the end, spoiler, assassinates the guy and he just like explodes into a bush of mush a bunch of mush like what is that like is that his hallucination is that what he the dude really was right yeah i mean you know at that point i still don't i still know either i still don't um the one guy explodes you know what i mean <laughs> i think that's supposed to be i think i read that's supposed to be like a grenade i think he's got like a grenade oh attached. and he just hot potatoes it over yeah i think he's i think he's holding on like his arm stump is like a grenade oh i think Kind of okay, kind of like one of those like World War Two grenades. I think so. Okay, yeah, because that always confused me. But then I think there's a track on the soundtrack that says like grenade something. I was like, oh, is that supposed to be that? Yeah, and it might se- be that. I've seen those like old like World War Two looking grenades. It's like, stick. like yeah, 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 it looks like a stick. So maybe that's it. Yeah, because I was when it, when his hand comes out and it's like that that little nub. I was like, what? What is that? What is that? Is it like a bad effects? Yeah, no. <laughs> you're like, no, Rick, this is Rick. No, this is Rick, this is Rick Baker. <laughs> no, that means something. I think that's yeah, it's a grenade. That makes that makes a lot of sense. The um, uh, the one hallucination. Uh, I think I think the big one. Uh, I think number two would probably be the kissing the TV going into that. Yeah. Number one's got to be the stomach. Yeah. Um, man, the build up to that. His assistant comes over and she's like, "Here's your videotape for tomorrow." Also, he, this came from um, you know, the one the what the other guy on the other yeah. side of video drum, um. And he's just he's just giving it scratching his belly. He's yeah. just giving a little a little itch there. He kind of looks down at it. Doesn't think much of it. Maybe does like two or three times. Yeah. And then when it finally happens, it's, like, it's just all all like they they leave nothing to the imagination. Nope. And 
I winced. Like there was, there was times where like, it's just the sound too. It's that goopy fleshy sound. Like, you know, you watch it without sound. It's an ooey gooey effect movie. It is a very, there's lots of goo all over everything. Lots of veins. Yes. There's a lot of veiny and gooey and a lot of veins. Um, but it's still, I mean, but it holds up. Mm. What do you think about the, um, the, the technological aspect of it? Like the, the VH, like the, does that how does that hold up to you i think it still works i mean the message is still there right i think it's it's probably come to a point where now it looks retro Mm -hmm. because now people are making those types of movies yeah vhs style movies like throwbacks and stuff so now it almost it looks like it's almost like a retro type of movie at this point yeah i i because vh like there's, there's people who still collect vhs or trying to make VHS still a thing or like whatever. And like people use them in movies and kind of like the same that synth scores are coming back in movies and like neon and stuff like that. A VHS tape still, I can't think still works. It's starting it's, to have a comeback too. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Like yeah. I, I saw another TikTok saying like, now's a great time to be a VHS collector. And I was like, what year is this? Nope. After watching, <laughs> after watching like some Criterion Blu-rays, dude, like yeah, I should, sorry. it's, it's so hard, dude. Sorry. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. No, um, I can't. Sorry. I got a bunch of VHS. I don't, I'm not collecting them. They're just from years. Yeah. Like I, you know, I saved like a, a select few and that's it. Which ones do you, what, what are your select views? Well, mostly they're readily available now. Like I have my my John Woo bootlegs. I still have those tapes. Oh, that's cool. It just has like a white label. It just has the killer on it. It's a white box. Oh, cool. So I still have that and the the hard boiled one too. The hard boiled one's funny because oh geez, let me add to my list. I've never, seen... I've never seen. I'm sorry, oh, I've right. never seen hard boiled. Hard boiled was funny because the the copy was obviously a laser disc because it stops like halfway through. And it like it, it, it kind of like stops for a moment, and then it basically like picks back up as if somebody flipped the disc. Oh, that's really funny! And hit play or record, so you get like a you get like a little pause, yeah. little intermission. Yeah. That was before anything was available. But I still have those tapes just because they're cool. Oh, that's a bunch cool. of other like uh, Hong Kong movies like that. And I just I just have them on display because the boxes are really cool. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, when it comes to Videodrome, I know this is a hard one. But where do you rank it? In, Cronenberg? Yeah, in your Cronenberg filmography. Yeah, I was trying to think of that the other day. That's gotta be top. I feel the same way. It might be it might be one. I mean Beats the Fly? I think so. Interesting. I like the fly, but I think Video Jones more my speed. Naked Lunch is really good. I have I haven't rewatched that one in a while, but I love Burroughs and that book. Okay, so, I think his adaptation is really cool. I haven't watched it in a while. It's it's a hard one. I think I think for history my of, history of violence, that's the one. That's that's a that's a really good one. That like one of his later later period ones. That's really good. Yeah, I. So you would put Video Drum number one. I think so. I think it's a safe. How was that, how was that drink on? I did. Was that good? I, honestly, that needs to be an advertise. We need to get sponsored by water, water, <sighs> water for when you're thirsty, and. It's readily available <laughs> in most countries, most in most states. Um, okay, so video journal one was number two. Number two, God, what would be number two? It might be Dead Zone. 
Really? It might be the double double whammy. Though. Wow. Because Dead Zone is really, really fucking good, too. Okay. It's like a really good like Stephen King adaptation. Okay. It's just, yeah. I it's, it's, it's almost like both extremes, because then he like kind of goes into more minimalist horror type stuff. Right. I think Dead Zone and Video Jump kind of show both in one year, basically, what he can turn it back. He can turn it back, but he can also just fucking let it a, rip. Have a TV with veins <laughs> and basically boobs. Yeah, man. Yeah, I. But the uh, fly, it flies up there. I mean, fly scanners. The brood is really terrifying. What about Eastern uh, Eastern Promises? Eastern Promises is good. I don't know if it's top, top tier. Yeah, there's a lot of other big hitters that I think. Eastern Promises is a weird one because it doesn't have anything to do with like. That one, well, History of Violence is a little more. Yeah, but Eastern Promises is just about like the Russian mob, which is such a, such like a weird it's a, subject yeah. for him. I mean, it's good. You look at all the other, the subject matter of all the other films, it feels a little, yeah, yeah. A little different. I, I, I won't, I, oh man, dude, I, someone put a gun on my head and make me choose. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, a fly or, or video drum. There was a lot of things that I loved about video drum and I'm still letting it marinate. Like I saw the fly a long mm. time ago and I've had time to let it sit. And I've rewatched it multiple times. Mm. This is still really, really fresh. Mm. I can see it sitting at number one. Yeah. Yeah. Because it also gave me, you know, a lot of feelings that I felt when I was watching They Live, which mm. I know was my first time watching last year, and I completely loved it. Yeah. So I can, I can, I can. Right now, I think I have to put the fly there because that's how I feel. But I think once I let it marinate, I think a little bit more of it. I can easily see Video Drum being my favorite Cronenberg. Yeah. Uh, easily. Yeah, the fly is like slicker, which is like. Makes more sense too. I like I like the messy of messiness of Videodrome. Yeah, it seems like more of a low budget kind of like a scrappy Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. The, the fly is definitely, but flies more slick. Yeah, which it's, is like I mean, it's really fantastic. Obviously. It's a lot more polished as yeah. it should be because like it should, yeah. it's, you know it's, they got like you know it's about like guy teleporting. But I always I always like the the scrappier movies usually. Okay, usually I can see that. Yeah, I I the other thing is I I probably one like eight and a half it's just the scrappiest of movies you ever heard of it (laughs) (laughs) have you seen that one have you heard of this um i i knew when we were watching videodrome that there was a lot of like substance Mm -hmm. to the to the movie too that like i i still need to like let it chew on like you know obviously like one of the subjects you know the the ideas they talk about is like when you become when you watch the like this amount of violence and like you know sex and all this other shit you, you changes like your brain yeah, yeah almost you know and that's the other thing i hate to do it but man watching a movie with that much substance to fan with them all eric's <laughs> it's tough man yeah. it, it actually it actually made me realize how heavy cronenberg went in with his intentions yeah um because i, I saw a, a clip of him talking i think it was around the 80s i don't know how what a what year specifically but he talked about how in canada um uh, that we, you you'd give them your movie, they would cut it up, and then they give it back to you and say, "This is your movie." <laughs> oh, and so he very much felt yeah. like that sucked. And I think yeah. in the interview, I think I think it's like Carpenter, John Landis, and you hear one of them go, 
ooh, and it sounds like Carpenter. I yeah. imagine someone cutting Carpenter's film for him, and like yeah. he could just feel him like, yeah. you know, getting upset about it. Is that the McGarris interview? Yes, yes, I've yes, yes. watched all. I've started watching it, but I haven't watched all. Of it. It's like a, I've seen. It's people, so weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a weird, weird time capsule of like so horror and directors and stuff. It's very interesting. It's like, yeah, hosted by McGarris. I'm like. Were you making movies now? Yeah. Rick Garris is just like a gopher. He's just like, yeah. I'm over here. And I'm over here. You like you like anthologies? You're a master of and I'm gone. And I'm, here's I'm, my I'm podcast. Here. It's a very a very interesting trajectory he's he's had. Um but having having all of that substance to chew on is mm. really nice. Because like like I said, I just checked off Hush. Is there a lot of substance to Hush? No. No. Not really. But it didn't need to be. No. Like it was like, hey, this is what the, this is what it is. There's a there's a killer out there. Uh, this woman's gonna try to survive the night. Mm. Good luck, go. And I liked it, mm. but I can definitely see my like I'm I'm going to be thinking about Videodrome, ten to one yeah. over Hush, um, you know. But compare that to like Midnight Mass, where Mike Flanagan got to add all <laughs> of the other layers he wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just such a, it's just such a crazy thing that like, you know. Riders, I don't get it. Riders are fucking nuts, man. I don't know either. And Cronenberg, Cronenberg being one of the one of the good ones. He is, well, yeah. And it's, I saw an interview with him where he's just like, "These are just my fears." It's like he's like, "I'm just a," he looks like I'm just like a bourgeois middle class dude. But these are my fears, and I hope, I hope they're entertaining and they the ideas entertain you as well but like i hope they just entertain and generally i was like you want these movies to entertain people are you sure <laughs> i mean <laughs> they do though i mean they do but it's just like and i was just watching uh, i know i i i think you, you you sent me the um the clip of austin butler talking about working on once upon a time in hollywood with yeah, yeah 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 and how they always they always shout like and why do we do it because making movies is fun yeah i can i can feel that same energy with cronenberg yeah like he enjoys telling these fears. When you see him on like the behind the scenes of video jump, he looks like he's like having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> and, that, and and it comes across like that. Yeah, yeah. in the movie, mm. I um I'm glad I checked it off the list. Well, it's like the fam of the mall. It doesn't look like anybody's having fun. No, does it? Yeah, you know, it's just like somebody's just like like slaving over some shitty movie that they they think is gonna make them like some money or something. I think that's what it is. Um. I, I think Joe Bob talks about how that company did some TV made for TV mm. movies. And I think they did dark Knight of the scarecrow. Okay. Um, which I randomly, I've seen that. Like, <laughs> like I saw, I think an ex-girlfriend's mom showed me that she like really liked it. And I'll I was put like, that one on my list. Yeah. You put that. Put that on the <laughs> okay. list. Um, but then they wanted to take their stab at the, um, yeah. American horror market to make a quick buck or just, yeah. to, I don't know if it was a quick buck. It was quick, but to make some money yeah. and you just feel the difference. It's a it's a night and day. I always I've, I've said I always say it before. I always sound like a pretentious asshole, but I always think like when you look at Eight and a Half or even Videodrome, those are the movies you should be aspiring to make when you're making movies. Like it's right. like you should be trying to make Eight and a Half or Videodrome every time, and you can see that in Fellini and Cronenberg. Like they're always trying to make the best movie and put everything into those it's movies. So, and if you look at Fam of the Mall, you're like they didn't. No one's striving to make no, fan of the mall. That's not, that's not eight and a half. Like no, like no offense, but even something like that could still have like eight and a half Videodrome style, like Chopping Mall. Right, Chopping Mall is fantastic. It takes place in the same fucking because it looks like they're having fun. It's like creative and like it's it has Sam Peckinpah's Sporting Goods, <laughs> which is fantastic. A Peckinpah, I forget what it's called, but yeah, it's like the Sam Peckinpah Sporting Goods. Um, it's crazy. I'm glad you brought that up because I don't know if I mentioned this. 
in the last podcast, which was a while ago. So for the listeners, my <laughs> apology. We're we're getting back on we're getting back on track. I actually have a new podcast artist that I'm going to hire for a new artwork. Ooh. Uh, fact, I can do that today. Today was payday. <laughs> it's time to hire that artist, baby. <laughs> Keep your eye out for that shit. Um, Gun Fiverr. Uh, it, w- it wasn't Fiverr. It was one of those sites, though. And I I looked at his artwork and I was like, this is great. Um, but mentioning how like no. What you were saying about you should aspire to make those, uh, those types of movies. I'm listening to a book called "The Creative Act: A Way of Being" by Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin, uh, <laughs> you know Rick Rubin, yeah, Death Row Records. Um, I mean, he worked. I mean, he was the reason why Johnny Cash was able to like have his second wind. Yeah. He did that. He he's. I think he worked on Hurt, the Nine Inch Nails cover. Like he really revitalized. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, I mean everything. Like he's Beastie Boys. Yeah. He's he's incredible. Um, big big wrestling fan. Is he well. really? Yes, he is. No shit. Yeah. I um, <laughs> I saw some TikToks about him, like talking about music production and art, and like yeah. you know all this other stuff. And then I watched him on the Apple, I think it was the Apple TV show, The Shop, or no, it was on HBO, where like LeBron and a bunch mm-hmm. of athletes and like random entertainers, and he was there, and Bill Hader was there, and he's just there like without his shoes on, just like being like himself. <laughs> yes. So I was like, oh, this guy's interesting. And being Rick Rubin. And um, but the, this book is fantastic because it's not just music. It's like mm-hmm. he, he he wanted to write a book about like you know when it comes to like creating music, but it ended up being just about being an artist. And it's like really really deep because he always talks about he's like I don't know anything about music or anything. I just know what I like and what I don't like. Yeah, he like lies down and closes his eyes and listens to music, and he's like you know do this do that. Like he doesn't know how to produce. Yeah. He's I mean he knows how to produce, but he doesn't know like how to like work the mixing board or play an instrument. Yeah. The one thing that you just mentioned where you should aspire to hit to make films like this in a chapter I was just listening to. We had a lovely rainy day here. And so whenever it's raining, I'll I'll go outside and walk around. Sometimes like last time I walked around to the Coraline soundtrack. And then I last time before that, I walked around to like Miyazaki soundtrack films. <laughs> the other day I, I was cooking the Tomorrowland soundtrack. You're mm. talking to me about that. That was pretty good. So good. But today. I like to go on walks and like listen to audiobooks. And so it was raining. I was like, ooh, let me go outside and, you know, walk in like a little sprinkle. And, you know, it was great. It was all gray out. And I was like, oh, this is beautiful. Um, in his book, in this chapter that I listened to just today, Brian Wilson from the Beatles or from the, uh, the, the Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Uh, this ties it. <laughs> it makes sense. You'll, you'll see. Right he listened to one of the Beatles albums and yeah. he, it inspired him. And he wanted to match that creative level. He wasn't trying to like compete against the Beatles. Yeah. He was like, I want to, it inspired him. Yeah. So then he went and did pet sounds and he wrote God only knows, which to me is like one of like the best songs of all times. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I mean, it's like that album is great. Uh, Wouldn't it be nice? I think is on that one. Yes. Uh, I don't know if surfer girls in that one. No, surfer girls not a good one, but, but God only knows good vibrations is on there. Good. Okay. So there a lot of like the big, hits that it's, it's a good it's a yeah it's a great album and, yeah so he releases that he is he was <laughs> in, he was inspired to match that level of the exactly. beatles paul mccartney hears god only knows and is brought to tears yeah. and then they release uh sergeant uh, pepper sergeant pepper yeah. and so it, it, it what rick makes clear in this book is like it's not to be better yeah. like you're not trying to like outdo them no. you're just trying to match their level of like yeah. artistry and craftsmanship yeah exactly and i think that if you're a filmmaker if you attempt to make a videodrome yeah you know even if you're attempting to make one you're going to succeed 
Even if you fail. Yeah, if you attempt to make an eight and a half. Yeah. It's it's more than likely going to be <laughs> 50 than... times better, yeah. better than the fan of the Mall Eric's Revenge. Yeah. At least you'll feel better working on it at the end of the day. Like, even if nobody sees it, you'll just be like, well, I still, I put my heart and soul in this. I still, not to bring it back, but eating cars was like that. So it's like, well, I put everything I knew at the time into this. That's what he's. So it's just like, if it's. If failed, it failed. It's fine, but it's like I'm I'm proud of it, dude. You'd love you would love this book. I'll, I'll get I'm it. telling you, dude. This book, like I'm like <laughs> next next audible credit, I'll get it. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's so it. He talks about that. He's like, yeah. as long as you put out your best, and that's what Alex was saying with her book, Horror Hotel. Go buy it now. Buy it. They announced Cursed Cruise a sequel, so you have something to look forward to. But you just release it. You put the best. You put yeah. the best job you can, mm. and then you don't read the reviews. Even if you're trying to make like entertainment, entertainment, or just like pure, whatever, you you can still put that stuff in there. Yeah, like you can still like, yeah, like. And you're building that muscle. Yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to get it right the first time, but like if you're, but as long as you're aiming to, yeah. you know, make pet sounds. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably going to learn a lot. Yeah. And you're going to hit some some home runs, and then the other important part that he talks about in the book is like releasing it. He's like, just get it out. Yeah. Because if you don't release it, you're not you're not creating room for new and more inspiration to come in. Yeah. So then you're just singing with that old shit, and you can't grow as an artist. <laughs> yeah, and that, I mean that's what happens. I know a lot of people who are just like write, but then don't give it to anybody. That's why I'm always just like I'll give it to anybody. Like nobody will take mine. It was just like, <laughs> like oh, just hand, like you know, you always hear stories like, oh, I knew somebody and I gave it to them and they read it and I was like, who the fuck, who are you giving it to? And it's like I know friends who would like write stuff. I was like, well, let me read it. I'm like, oh, it's not finished yet. I was like, I know that, but, <laughs> but somebody has to read it so you can move on, right? But like they all get just get stuck. And yeah, just, and then like nobody wants to, nobody wants. I think the thing is, nobody wants to hear that that you suck. No, you never want. That's to why that. it's hard to release it. Yeah, so you, once you, like, I have the same. Thing. Once you give it to somebody and they come back with like, like oh, it was all right, you know, you, whatever. It's like, oh fuck, man. That's why I didn't want because if if I keep it, nobody says I suck. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and you, I can blame it. I can blame me not doing anything on I, this, everything else. This was the last conversation I had with my new therapist. Oh, did you, dude? We did like an hour on yeah. that. That's usually why I talk about constantly with with my therapists. Yeah, and it's, it, it's always just like like people, other people. And then and then when you give someone something and they say it's good, you're like, why are you lying? <laughs> exactly. You're just like, why are you? You didn't read that. Yeah, like I like I've had like I've like given my music to some people and they're like, we really like it. I'm like. Why are you lying? <laughs> Shut up. No, you're not. Yeah. You don't mean that. Yeah. But then my therapist was like, I think they mean it. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and, was, and so now I'm working on just owning it yeah, and taking yeah. the compliment and being yeah. like, thank you. Yeah. Now to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing that he said um, in the book to wrap this up was commercial success is out of your control. Yes. He was like, so just. It's right. It's like, yeah, it's hard to get your mind wrapped around that. Yeah, because like, I mean, I mean, as like creative people, like it's hard to not think about commercial success. Like, yeah. could you imagine you got like millions of fucking dollars in yeah, the you bank? Just do whatever I want. Yeah. yeah. It's hard not to think of it. Yeah. So like the idea that like you have Rick Rubin, who's like, I have all the commercial <laughs> success. The way you do it is you just fucking forget about you just it. Do it. Yeah. You just, you just forget about it. So oh, like, cool. I don't know. That's a weird thing to like think it's about. Like, cool, it's like, 
Yeah, it's like th- th- thanks successful person who's yes. saddle. It's hard, but I believe him. Yeah, yeah, I believe him. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, there's I'm a few t- a few types of people that like you should listen to, and he's probably one of them. Anthony Bourdain. Like I always think of like certain fields. Oh, there's always like were one or two guys that was like, yeah, cooking wise, you listen to Anthony Bourdain and anything. Rick Rubin from you. It's like it's like that type of thing. He's like you always find the one person. It's like it doesn't matter if it's about food or music. It's still about being creative and just like kind of get just getting out there and just kind of like doing you have to do whatever you want to do like or try like you gotta try and then release it that's the hardest release it and just fuck it yeah i and if you're as good as you think you are you should be all right and if nobody watches it i mean maybe in 10 years somebody will listen i signed up for my for my <laughs> digital music distribution account last yeah. week i haven't uploaded anything yet yeah. but i told myself i'm going to do it tonight i have one track there's no i don't have any lyrics down it's a great instrumental. I'm going I'm to I'm put it up there so I can claim my Spotify page yeah. and get going, oh, I hate this. What if I don't? I say that, but I don't mean that. I yeah. feel it inside, but yeah. is it real? No, nothing's real. I mean, I know a lot of people who self-publish on Amazon too. And it's like, I'll buy the, I buy the books. It's like, that's cool. You, you did finish the book. It's got, oh. it's got cover and everything. Cool. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, th- this is what it sounds like when two men are in therapy. <laughs> They're trying to be creative. Yeah, yeah. it's good. It feels hopeful. To two, two, non Well, I, I mean, successful in other ways, obviously. No, we're coming. We're coming. <laughs> we're coming. It's coming. It's the struggle. I hope people are listening to us and be like, "Yeah, I feel you." I think a lot of people listen to artists without being pretentious and saying you should go make eight and a half. Like I don't mean it that way, but. I mean, I do, <laughs> but like, why not? Yeah, you know what I'm not? saying. Exactly. It's like, well, he put all of his, all of his creativity into that one movie. And boom. Ari, I mean, the fun to tie it in, to tie it in, yeah. Ari Aster, yeah. Hereditary, Midsummer, and then the the new movie with um, Walking Phoenix. Bo is afraid. Yeah, yeah. He says he watches that movie before he goes to to work on his next project. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's something to there's there's yeah. there's something to it because it's like just like madness. Like, yeah, like, making a movie is madness. I don't know why people want to do it a lot of times. I uh, I do. I mean, I do it too. It's fun. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, when you see people doing it, it's like, how? why do you want to do it? It's like it's a weird... Like, I feel like it's a budget thing. Once you figure out how to find people with money to get a budget, Because it doesn't seem like the most famous gig either. If you're just, I don't know, it's, it's a weird job to be like, I want to do this. I mean, I... I want to do it, but I, I think it's a weird for some people. When I see some people do it, it's like, ah, you know what we'll do? We'll get Cronenberg on the line. Yeah, he's got because he. I mean, Mister Mister, uh, what do you say? I'm just Mister Middle Class, but now he's got that fashion line from YSL. I see you guys, you guys know that they got some they got some Cronenberg what? threads coming out. You know, I don't know if I want to put it on because I'll grow a third arm and blow up in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, that was 1984, so no, yeah. oh well. Now he's 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 a little man. Well, Crimes of the Future was great, and uh, I hopefully I saw some similarities too, some lines about really like Virgin was talking about growing organs. Oh yeah, remember Mr. Uh, Brian Oblivion was talking about like growing organs. Like the t- it wasn't a, it wasn't a tumor in his head. Yeah, or something like that. He was talking about growing organs that wouldn't be needed, like much like Crimes of the Future type of stuff. He's obsessed with with organs. He he is. He's very much is. That's a cool thing to be obsessed with, though. He's very obsessed with yeah, like the body and like kind of like present body because he doesn't believe in anything like he doesn't really believe in anything like afterlife or anything like that or religion so he just believes in oh there's a great um video on youtube if you haven't seen it it's um 
Videodrome Renegade Renegade Cut. I think that's the name of the YouTuber. He goes into the religious aspects. Oh, okay. Like the Buddhist stuff. If if something's not being observed, does it exist? If it still exists, why it's not being observed? Is there a god? Like it, he goes he goes into that and how Cronenberg deals with that. And it's it's just the substance yeah. of this movie. Like like the movie's dealing with that. Yes. You know, fan of the mall, Eric's Revenge. They have military grade flamethrowers to the public that's how it ends i don't know if you saw that. he i didn't get that far. he picks up a big flamethrower and it's like there's not a flamethrower in the mall no, and it's like, like a sporting goods store <laughs> so you know and i hate i hate to keep picking on you know eric's revenge i really do because it was it made for a good last drive-in episode yeah. but boy did i fuck up putting <laughs> you up against me <laughs> drill i mean they had like fair faucet no morgan fairchild yeah was in as well she was a big deal at the time. Yeah, they, they had some. They had some good stuff. And Polly Shore's first screen, you know, yeah. we wouldn't have gotten him in a goofy movie, and you know, and yeah. Man and all that other jazz. So, Silent Law. Yeah, could be. I know. I, I gotta add that to the list. I've had two movies to the list. This list is never ending, and I'm kind of glad because it gives me something to look forward. I mean, to. That, yeah, you never stop watching movies. No, you always have a list of movies you have to see. It's hard to do. Well, I checked off Video Drum. I feel good. Onto the, I don't know what the next one is. I'll probably do an episode on it if it's if it's in the horror room. Like I'm not gonna do Julia. Julia. For, <laughs> don't worry for the fans listening. Well. Unless unless I get some reviews say please update me on Julia. Julia, then I'll do that. But I'll keep it to the more thriller, suspense, horror. School of Rock. School of yeah yeah we'll do School of Rock obviously. Uh, you know anything with Jack Black, he'll he'll certainly get to be on the podcast. Um, but. Let me know what movies I should add to the list. Uh, if you uh, via a five star review on iTunes. Uh, chances are I probably haven't seen it. I mean, <laughs> it, it, there's a couple, like, I've seen a lot okay. you know, of, like, the big hitters, but then there's a lot of, like, the classics that I yeah. still have missed. So throw it in there. I If I haven't seen it, I will add it to the list, do an episode, and, uh, you know, make sure you guys get the proper credit. I'll make I'll make the list public on Letterboxd, and then people can add. Yes, follow us on so. Letterboxd, at Hollow Weekly. And what's your Letterboxd, Trevor? Yeah, at Trevor Holland. There you go. It, Look up eating cars and give that a review. Yeah, it's on there. Yes, do that. And, and until you can follow, follow me that way. And until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies, and in my case, a fuck ton of movies. A fuck ton of movies. Lord help me. <laughs> May I have your attention, please? They're coming to get you, Barbara. I, I don't know what to do anymore. All right. Something even more terrible than you. Are.